We continue our second week, Take Your Place. And uh, last week, as we kick things off, I, I began by following on from the previous week when uh, Johnny Fowler had spoken. And I had uh, read, and I'm going to read it again just by way of introduction, really where we're going with this series as we uh, emerge out of uh, the most we are praying and hoping is the most significant part of the worst of the coronavirus, which we're hoping for, uh, that we don't just emerge out of that, but that we each take our place, our own unique position and role within the body of Christ and all that it is that God is doing. Johnny uh, read from 1 Peter 4 verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Last week, we introduced a series by looking at the well-known story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, who is burdened by the fact that the holy city, the place of Israel, the central place of Jerusalem, the walls lay in ruin. And he went and mustered an, an incredible army of, uh, of, of fellow men and women to rebuild uh, the broken walls. We looked at that story briefly and the points that we made from it was that everyone, besides the nobles, pitched up and did the work. Didn't matter who they were, what their professions were, what their backgrounds was, they all lifted rocks and moved them. Someone made the sandwiches and brought it to them. Everyone played a part. And the point really I tried to make last week is that we all can do those kind of jobs. You don't have to be skilled to move chairs. In fact, we don't even have to move chairs these days. We fortunately have a caretaker that does that for us. But there are roles, there are tasks that we can all do. We can all play a part. But this week, we want to just move it a step further and say, but there are also specific jobs or specific roles based upon the way that God has gifted us and has uniquely fashioned us to fulfill a certain function within the body of Christ. And so as we begin to take our place, we begin to do the very thing that God has for us specifically. A little bit like playing chess. You play chess, uh, the different pieces do a different job. But together, they work together to fulfill a function. We're going to take that same analogy a step further. Jesus spoke in parables, and so this morning we want to use the incredible game of rugby union to uh, just kind of just paint a picture of the analogy of working together. If you don't know the game of rugby, it's simple. You have 15 men or women facing against 15 men or women, and uh, they basically play with this oval ball, and they're trying to get it from one end to the other. If they get the ball across the line, they put it on the ground. It's called a try. It's worth five points. And each person on that team is entitled to carry the ball. They can do that, and each person can uh, score a try if they wanted to, if they were in a position to. But the game is made up of 15 very unique, different types of player that fulfill a different role and function. And I thought, I am ill-equipped to fully describe that. I thought, who else in the life of our church is better knowledgeable and just, just has way more experience, is an incredible uh, gifted player and referee 
And so I give you, I introduce to you. What an introduction. Uh, Paul, thank you for giving me a job on my week off. <laughs> I was going to come out in my full referees kit. For those that don't, don't know me, I'm a referee most Saturdays. I'm a 2A referee, which means I referee up to sort of senior level adult rugby in Ulster. Uh, but I thought the sight of my legs may give a few of you a turn, and the NHS is already under enough pressure. It doesn't need that. So within rugby, there are lots of roles to play. So we have these positions that rugby players speak on or use. Paul's asked me to speak on this for just three minutes. I'll try to be brief. I picked out three key positions that I wanted to give you a little bit of insight into. The first one is the prop. Usually the widest players on the pitch are not necessarily the most mobile. Their main job is to push, whether it be at a scrum, at a ruck, or a mall, or a line-out. They usually push either the ball or the people carrying the ball. They're usually not the most attractive of men. <coughs> tend to be balding prematurely. Ivan <coughs> must have been a prop. Um, and they look like they've been stood on a few times in the face, but they have a vital role. When I was playing rugby, which was some time ago now, uh, I've been a referee 19 years this year, believe it or not, um, they were not allowed to carry the ball because their hands were just like spades. They're not really supposed to carry the ball. And under no circumstances could they kick the ball. That just is not allowed in the game of rugby. They are actually allowed to, but we just advise them not to. So that's the prop. Main role, push. The next position is the out half, the number 10. Dan Carter, possibly the best out half there has ever been in the game of rugby. These guys are the playmakers. They are the pivot. Everything good comes through them. They're usually the link between what the forwards do by pushing the ball and what the backs do by running the ball. These guys are really key. They will be the ones that will call the plays, that will marshal the defense, that will try wee chip kicks, and they're usually the kickers as well. They're usually the most famous people on the teams. They're the most recognized, usually the biggest Instagram following, and usually the best played and the best looking. Sam Daniels, what position do you play? Out half. Case in point. There we go. And moving on to our final position are the wingers. Now, back when, again, when I was playing on a cold, wet Saturday morning uh, at school at BRA, the wingers would have been the smallest guys on the pitch, but they were fast. These guys are the speed demons. They can usually run 100 meters in about 10 seconds these days, and they tend to be about 6 foot 3 and 16 stone. So when they get going, they're hard to stop. These guys are the ones that usually have their names on the board at the end of the game, having scored the most points. They are rapid. They're also a little bit unique. When it comes to their rugby shirts, they tend to be able to use them for about three games because they just don't get dirty. Why would we get involved with any of that? They're also seen, uh, particularly on a cold win winter's day in January, out on the wing getting mild hypothermia because the ball doesn't come to them. But whenever all these three positions come together, they have one goal, to get that ball from one end of the pitch to the other and across the try line. And whenever it happens, it is an absolute thing of beauty. Roll VT. Props push. Out half does a wee dink kick. Winger picks it up. 
runs as fast as he can without getting his shirt dirty and scores under the post. And when it's boys in either white or green, it's a great day. Or red last night. That's me. Well done. Can we do this bit as well? That'd be great. Thank you. We're using all manner of technology and analogy. Um, in fact, oh no, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. Jump the gun. Let's do the Bible verses, then we'll do that. We need to read the Bible this morning. You're going to think that, goodness me, this church has lost the plot. They're using the... Uh, anyway. So, uh, probably the best passage of Scripture to use is from 1 Corinthians 12. That's what we're going to read. We've re read it before. In fact, just a few months ago, I think, we related to this passage. It probably is the best uh, passage that gives the analogy that Paul, writing to the Corinthians, uses uh, for the specific roles and parts of the body. It reads like this. Pay attention, because you'll be asked questions afterwards, we think. So... The body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, uh, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Okay, if you have a uh, smartphone with you, you have permission to pull it out right now. In fact, I would encourage you to do that right now. And, um, uh, and, and it helps if you have data, by the way. If you don't have data, it's probably not going to work. Um, I thought we would do this, again, just to make it a bit interactive and to kind of help things. So pull out your phone and uh, go to your browser and then type in Kahoot, kahoot.it. Um, so it's spelt K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T. Oh, that's great. This is when my internet's not going to work. Everything fails on this. I wonder. Oh, no, please work, please work, please work. Can we quickly go to yours if needed? Oh, that's rubbish. We tested this earlier and it worked a treat. What, what do I need to do? Okay, right, we will do that. Um, where are we? This one? 
That one? Okay. Or you'll just share, can you share it on this? Right, don't anyone else join us. There we go. Sweet. That should work. Yes, here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, Body Church Group. So, you should be at cahoots.it, and um, it, you should be looking for a pin, and the pin will come. Oh, please work. There we go. Type in that pin, 514 and then you put in your nickname. Now, no rude ones. I'm used to saying that if I'm in school. Oh, there they all are. Shancy, Ian, Vicky, Jude, Beth, Finley, Laney, Owen, Lecky, Harry. I love, I love Sam D. <laughs> Is that you, Harry? My goodness, I've not had so many. 36 is so exciting. If you're playing at home, you can do this but only now while it's live, or you may be charged extra. Isn't that what happens in the... Look at this, I'm so excited, 51 players. Now, here's how it works. There's going to be 10 questions, and um, you basically, uh, the question will come up on the screen, and then there'll be, with most questions, four answers. Uh, in fact, there's one question that has two answers, and you just click the color. So if you think the answer is the red one, on your keypad, on your phones, you just press the red button and uh, that will be you giving your multiple choice uh, answer to it, okay? And speed is of the essence. The quicker that you do it, the more points that you get. So here we go, three, two, one. First question, coming up. So you get the idea. If you think it's green, you press the green. If you think it's red, you put the red. 20 people still yet to answer. Oh, this is so exciting. This is, this is revolutionizing preaching. 10 people. Oh, some of you are too slow. Good. Well done. Glad you were listening. So let's see the scoreboard. So here's how the scoreboard goes. Harry, is, is that you, Harry? In the lead. See if Harry Norton wins this morning. Oh. Okay, there's a question for you medical people. Uh, fully grown. Well done, Sergi. There is over 300 when you're born. Never seen such an attentive audience. Oh, there we the real split there. There we go. Twenty-four of you. Well done. I love Sam D. He's gone to the top. Good. Question three. Figuratively speaking, what could the ear say? Sorry about that. Can't do anything about that, I'm afraid. Hadn't thought of that. Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. 
Beth has a streak of three. Hutchie's gone to the top. So there's two on this, true or false. Your ears never stop growing. Oh my goodness, nearly 50-50 split. It's actually true. Sam D goes top again. Question five. Where did God place the parts of the body? Just as he wanted them to be. Steve has gone top. Now this could be debated later. If you disagree, well, unlucky. There are 12 different systems. Depending on what you classify as a system, I realize that one could provoke some debate later. Question seven. Those parts of the body seem weaker. Ah. Oh. Who was listening when we read the scriptures? Oh, I thought... Indispensable is what was read. Please pay more attention when we read the Bible. Goodness sake. What's the name of the only bone in the body not connected to another bone? The staples, find that in your ear. The coccyx at the end of your backbone. The mandible, I think it's your jawbone, I think. Oh, difficult. Speak to your mobile provider about that one, I'm afraid. Take no responsibility for that. It is indeed known as the hyoid bone. Foogie is still in the lead, even with a dodgy Wi-Fi connection. Two questions to go. God put the body together to give to the parts that lacked it. Lesser honor, greater honor, no honor, some honor. Who was listening? It is indeed greater honor. Well done. Final question. Oh, Sandy. I know it's not you. It's an admirer, secret admirer. The foot and ankle is made up of, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I realize you can't read that. That's a guess right there. Twenty-five bones, thirty-three joints, and over a hundred muscles, tendons. 
So let's see the, the scoreboard in third place. I love Sam D. Who was that? Oh, Sergi. Tim. Tim was second, and in first place was Beth. Beth Bugard. Yay. Uh, sitting beside a medical student. Did you give lots of help? You got it wrong. Oh, goodness me. Oh, very good. Okay. Well, just a bit of fun. Just help us kind of keep tuned in a little bit. But really to make the point that the body's so intricate, it's made up in so, just an incredible way that God made us, and likewise that he made us as a church body. Human body is made up of many parts. They're the obvious bits. And then there's the less obvious bits, uh, written in some intricate kind of Latin uh, words that we probably would struggle to pronounce. And so it is with Christ. We're made up uh, not as one, but of many parts, many roles, many functions. God made our body uh, with different roles, with different jobs, that we all get to fulfill those things. It says in the scriptures where we read, if the body was an eye, how would we hear? If the body was an ear, how would we smell? And he uh, arranged it that we each have a role, that we each have a role and a function to take our place. God arranged the parts just in the way that he wanted. Verse 18 says, in fact, God placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He created these amazing bodies that we have just how he wanted it to be, with all the right bits in all the right places, and so too within the body of Christ. We need all the parts doing their bit. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need the eyes, we need the hands, the head, the feet. A person is significantly impaired if we lose one of those, especially our heads. The obvious body parts, if they're no longer there, then it's obvious. But still, for the lesser known ones, the smaller ones, the unknown ones, the ones that we don't see, are still incredibly important within the body and within the body. Paul uses these words. He says, the parts of our body that are weaker are indispensable. They are needed. The parts which are less honorable are treated with special honor. And the unpresentable bits, the bits that we put clothes on to cover up, are treated with special modesty, likewise within the body. Um, the hyoid bone that we, we looked at there, the only bone in the body that's not connected or joined to another bone, uh, fulfills a really important function. It can be found uh, kind of here between our chin and our larynx here, and it's kind of like a, a horseshoe-shaped bone. And it's uh, important for speech, it kind of connects with the larynx, which is our voice box, and our tongue to produce all kinds of sounds when we speak. And without that specific one bone, small that it is, not connected to other bones that it is, without that, we would find it extremely difficult to speak and to talk. 
within the body, often there are roles, functions, parts of it, individuals which disqualify ourselves because we perhaps feel less honorable, less gifted, not as smart. Perhaps we're struggling with issues or with difficulties with life and we disqualify ourselves and we hide behind that and we don't function in the role which God has placed you here for. And yet the presentable places, the presentable parts, the bits that we see on a stage or up front or on a website, they don't need any mention. But each and every person has a role and a function to play. Uh, you'll have heard this acronym, many of you, before. Uh, the word team. Team. Together we achieve more. And like the rugby team, when the, when the team plays well, 15 individuals, when they play together well, they can actually beat another team of 15 individuals that are just individuals but don't collectively play together as a team. When we work together, we fulfill what God has for us. And there is, as the Bible has read, as we've looked at, no division. And lastly, Paul writes, when one part suffers, we all suffer. When one part um, is doing well, we all rejoice together. Um, some of you know uh, that I've underwent a number of medical things recently, and don't worry, I'm not going to share the most personal one, darling. Don't roll your eyes. Um, I was suffering from uh, gallstones uh, back in the summertime. I'll do that again. I was suffering from gallstones. That's the kind of the response I was looking for the first time around. And uh, those of you who know, it is actually really painful. And it's this sharp kind of pain, kind of this sort of side of mid-center. And boy, when it came on, it was like, oh my goodness. That one thing that you can't even see deep within, when that is coming on, the whole part, let me tell you, suffers. And likewise with us, when one of us is suffering, we suffer together. We do it together. When one of us is not fulfilling the role and the function, we all suffer because you all have a unique role and function to play. And if you're not doing it, we all suffer. But when one of you does it, we all rejoice and we all celebrate. And we get to see and we go, oh, because of your unique role and function and contribution, we all benefit. And when we say we, we don't just mean inside the four walls. We mean outside the four walls, which God has called us, the body, to be to be the hands and the feet to those who are yet part of the family. When you fulfill your part, your place, when you take your place, we all benefit and we rejoice. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. 
You have a role, a function, and it's unique. The question is, what is it? What is it? For some of us, we know what it is, and we're doing it. We're doing a great job. We're faithful. We pitch up. We do stuff that others don't see. We're spending time in prayer preparing for something. We're texting someone. We're ringing someone. We're meeting someone for coffee. We're making tray bakes and we're delivering them to people. Things that we don't know about. Things that we don't discuss in a staff meeting. But you're doing your job. You're fulfilling your role. You're functioning. And if you know and you sense what it is that God has for you, great, just keep doing it. Keep being faithful. But I would encourage you and invite you to help others that don't know what their role is find their role. Invite them into the story. Do yourself out of a job. Do the Jesus thing, which is train others to do what you do. Don't just keep it to yourself. You see someone with the same gifting, the same passion. They've got a bit of time. They've got a bit of now, whatever. Bring them in. Invite them in. Let's do this together. For some of us here, you've been part of our church for some time now. Or perhaps you are part of another church and you, you had your role, you had your identity, you had your function. Again, maybe you've been part of our church and you had your role. You used to do this five years ago. And perhaps because of coronavirus, because of a whole set of other reasons and circumstances that have changed in your life, you're not just quite sure what it is right now. But I'd encourage you, again, to seek the Lord. Seek from one another. What is it that God's inviting you to? I hope the people uh, don't mind. Uh, those of the, uh, I met with uh, a family during the week, and I asked that kind of question. It's like, what is it that God has for you right now? What is it that God's saying? What's your function? What's your contribution and they said, we really love hospitality. We just love having people around. We've been blessed with this home, with this kitchen, with this table. We just love making food for people and having them around. But COVID's been a killer for that, hasn't it? And I believe right now, being safe and sensible about it, now's the time to invite people around for a meal or a coffee or whatever it is to share in that that we would be hospitable, that we would use the very things that God's entrusted to us for the sake of others. And again, not just for people within the four walls, but to also include those from outside the four walls. And then there could be some of us here this morning watching online. You're listening and going, that sounds good, that sounds true. I just don't know what God has for me. I don't know what my role or my function is. And I'd encourage you to begin by asking these questions. What are you good at? What do you like doing? What are you passionate about? What is it that God's put in your hand to use for the sake of others? I also think there's a role within others that know where they're at and where they're going. Uh, our leaders fulfill a function in that. We're going to talk about that next week, over the next couple of weeks. If you're not just quite sure, then begin by asking those questions. Begin by asking the Lord, 
where is it? What is it? What's my role? What's my function? What's my piece within the jigsaw? Last week we did this, and for those of you who are here this week and weren't here last week, um, we have a 400-piece uh, jigsaw puzzle of Carrick Fergus Castle. We estimate there's about 200 pieces left. Um, I actually thought, wouldn't it be fun if we made the jigsaw with the pieces that we had? But no, that wouldn't be fun. That would be a bit random. And we use this simply to say, when you make a jigsaw puzzle, each of the 400 pieces together collectively make the picture. And whenever you've done a jigsaw ever in your life, if you are missing a piece, oh, isn't it annoying? You go rummaging around looking for it. Your piece is unique within the puzzle in terms of making up the bigger picture. Only your piece will fit in the right place. You can't use a jigsaw piece that's meant to be over in this top corner, over here in another corner. It has to go where it is because it fits. It has its unique place. Each jigsaw piece is connected to the other pieces which it joins together. And that, again, is such a part of what the body of Christ means. Each part, each bit of the body connected to each other. Without your peace, without your being here, without your contribution, the picture is uh, distorted. We invite you to take your place.